Hello and a very warm welcome to our dear listener. This is the new life program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. We have a great show lined up for you. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Eric Kevuti. Glad that you tuned in. To start off the show is Emmanuel Sunday. We'll be talking about alcohol and diet on Health Talk. Then later on, Ian Muse will join us in the Bible segment with the topic, The Good Works. But first, let's get the song Tete Imani by Silver Cord Singers. Stay tuned. Oh, my God. 
Dear listener, you're listening to the New Life program coming to you live from the Adventist World Radio, The Voice of Hope. Here comes Emmanuel Sunday with more on alcohol and diet. Remember, health is wealth. Stay tuned until the end. Hello and welcome to our health slots. In our program today, we're going to talk about alcohol and diet. When rats on a junk food diet were given the choice of water or 10% alcohol solution, they chose to drink five times more alcohol solution than a paired group of rats fed a vegetarian diet. After stabilizing the diet for 10 weeks, the rats on the popular U.S. diet were consuming an average of over 40 milliliters of 10% alcohol of 100 grams body weight per week. They were switched to the vegetarian diet. Within one week, the alcohol consumption had decreased to less than 5 milliliters. On certain diets, the alcohol consumption could be doubled by simply adding coffee and quadrupled when both coffee and spices were added. Both population studies and laboratory experimentation indicate that such frequently used items as coffee, tea, spices, and sugars can increase the consumption of alcohol and lead to irritability, confusion, persecution, complex and emotional instability. Animal studies, other than the one described above, indicate a similar association between stimulating but poor diet and an unwillingness to use tobacco. Alcohol and tobacco both increase the excretion of vitamin B1 in the urine. It could be a factor that causes cravings. Persons who use vegetarian diets are not usually fond of wines and strong drinks. We can now give several guidelines that will help the alcoholic, the overweight person, or the drug user to free himself from a craving. Abstinence from coffee, colors, tea, and refined sugar. Country life with physical labor. Total abstinence from junk foods, animal food products, drugs, and tobacco. And a balanced diet free from spices and fermented foods. The disease and suffering that everywhere prevail are largely due to popular errors in regard to diet. What we eat and drink today walks and talks tomorrow. By carefully heeding the following instructions, you may avoid many illnesses. First, eat largely of fruits and vegetables prepared in a natural yet tasty way. Fruits generally should be nicely ripened but never spoiled. Also, vary your diet from meal to meal, but don't eat too many varieties at any one meal. 
Keep both the meals and the dishes simple. It's best not to use fruits and vegetables at the same meal or foods that contain combinations of milk and eggs, milk and sugar, or eggs and sugar. These combinations tend to cause mental dullness. Milk-sugar-egg combinations greatly increase the risk of gallstones and increased cholesterol. Use more of the whole grains as whole green bread, rye bread, and oatmeal, and less food prepared from refined white flour or bolted cornmeal. Cooked cereals are better than the boxed dry cereals, except for granola made without honey or sugar. Cook rolled oats about 60 to 90 minutes and rice, wheat and corn grits two and a half to three hours to entirely hydrolyze the starch. Long cooking may prevent allergies, headaches, dizziness, and such like. Also, limit rich foods keeping sugars to about three teaspoons daily, salt to about a half teaspoon, and oil to about two tablespoons. Avoid spices greases, especially lard, fried foods, baking powder and soda and vinegar. Fruit, juices and fermented foods as well should be avoided. Remember that vitamin and mineral preparations or concentrated proteins such as heavy meat substitutes and dried milk products are likely to irritate the stomach. Eat at the same meal time daily and allow at least five hours from the end of one meal to the beginning of the next. The digestive functions are accurately timed and do the most efficient work when kept on a regular schedule. The interdigestive phase characterized by a slow, long peristaltic action and different pattern of secretion occurs between the meals and at night, providing the stomach and small bowel are entirely empty. This function protects against cancers, ulcers, and other general diseases. Stagnation in the stomach is one of the commonest causes of ulcers and gastritis. Don't eat even a peanut between meals. Eating between meals slows stomach emptying, giving time for the partially digested food already in the stomach to ferment and abolishing the interdigestive phase. Eat a substantial breakfast which should more nearly correspond to the largest meal of the day. If eaten at all, supper should be light and these two or three hours or more before retiring to bed. Eat all you need to maintain health and enjoy your food, but don't overeat. Too much food dulls and depresses the mind, causing disease and fatigue and shortness and a shorter life. Most people could get by with one half or two thirds less than they presently consume. Eating slowly and chewing your food thoroughly will increase the enjoyment as well as the nutritional benefits derived from it. Mealtime should be pleasant and unhurried. Take small bites about third spoon or third forkful. Drink enough water daily. Skip one to four meals periodically. Fasting is an aid in educating the appetite and a rehearsal in self-control. Thank you for tuning in and God bless you. For those who are joining us, this is the new live program with me, Eric Kevuti, your host, coming to you live from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. It's always a great pleasure to have you with us. You haven't missed a lot. If you wish to drop comments, suggestions, or questions, do so by writing to the producer, Adventist Word Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 001009, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us at awr singers. Don't change the channel.
choosing our station. We are because we are. And now, please join me as I welcome Ian Muse for the Bible segment. His message is The Good Works. Be blessed. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I greet you. Welcome to our study. Welcome to our study and feel at the feet of Jesus. I am a presenter Ian Muse and our topic today is the good works. Let us read from the book of Luke chapter 19. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God be merciful to me a sinner. 
I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. God says, you are forgiven, to the tax collector. Is he therefore a different man? In one way, he certainly is. He came as a sinner to stand humbly before God, and now he goes home covered with Christ's righteousness. But the bigger question is, will he behave differently now that he is no will he behave differently now that he knows he's been justified? I strongly believe that if you you're truly saved, you will show a definite change in behavior. The fruit of the spirit will be made manifest in you. So just imagine that for whatever reason, Pilate told his soldiers, I want to let one of those thieves go. So his soldiers choose, chose so his soldiers so his soldiers choose the one who Christ guaranteed access to heaven on resurrection day. And they removed the nails and bent his hands and feet so that he will heal. He's scarred for life, of course, but he lives. Do you think he would have been different? Would he have returned to the would he have returned to the sins that put him in bondage before the moment Christ freely gave him forgiveness? If he did willingly return to the sins of his past, do you think he was a true believer on the cross? I'm only asking because to me, real justification can be witnessed by the attitude and behavior of the one who has been saved. Don't fall for the lie that Christians are never to talk about good works because that makes them legit. Don't fall for the lie that Christians are never to talk about good works because that makes them legalists. The Bible is filled with apostles and prophets talking about how important good works are in this, in this world. It's not a sin to do good. It's not wrong to stop sinning. Likewise, also, the good works of some are manifest beforehand, and they that, that, are, and, and they that are otherwise cannot be hid. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 25. This passage shows us that the works of the saved are evident because they are good. You will know a saved person by their fruit. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 18 Retirates 1 Timothy chapter 6 reiterates that they do good, that they be rich in good works. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2 verse 10 The person who wrote this passage in the Bible is the same person who wrote that we are saved by faith in Romans. It's the same person who said righteousness is received as a gift. But here in Ephesians, Paul says that we should care about our works, that they make a difference in the end. He says that if we are justified, we have been remade to, good, to do good works. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing uncorruptedness, gravity, and sincerity. Titus chapter 2 verse 27. Titus chapter 2 verse 7. Christians shouldn't treat the phrase good works like they are dirty words. It's a wonder to me why people get upset when we talk about the fruit of good works. How will the host of the universe and the people on earth know that you really are for Christ unless you have something to show for it? When you're saved in Christ, a new power is given to you live. When you're saved in Christ, a new power is given to you. 
when you're saved in Christ, a new power is given you to live a new life. This is what James is talking about, about when he says, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. James 2, verse 23. That's how a man is justified by works. Abraham believed that was his works. He believed enough to offer up his son. Jesus supports this interpretation. John chapter 6, verse 28 to 29 is an extremely important passage about works and faith. Then said they unto him, What shall we do, that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. What are those works that Jesus is speaking about? Belief? Read that passage again. This is the work that ye believe. Does it take effort to believe? Yes. Sometimes you don't feel like believing, and you need to pray that God will give you the courage and strength to believe in his word. There is an effort involved in trusting God, because our whole nature has been driven to, to believe in the lies of the devil. He makes us doubt by twisting the evidence, and we doubt those things we cannot see. So God knows it takes effort to believe, that we must choose it. But if you pray, he will gladly help you believe. Listen to this wonderful quote. By his perfect obedience, he has satisfied the claims of the law, and my only hope is found in looking to him as my substitute and surety, who obeyed the law perfectly for me. By faith in his merits, I am free from the condemnation of the law. He clothes me with his righteousness, which answers all the demands of the law. I am complete in him who brings an everlasting righteousness. He presents me to God in the spotless garments of which no thread was woven by any human agent. All is, all is of Christ and all the glory, honor and majesty are to be given to the Lamb of God which taketh away his sin of the world. First Selected Messages 396 Believing is sometimes a challenge because it's so hard not to give ourselves credit and say, Lord, I'll help you make me a good person. Or Lord, I thank you that I am not like other, other sinners. And here is my list of good things I've done for you. I can be hard to lay I can be hard to lay aside all of our filthy rags disguised as righteousness, to let go of our pride, and to confess that he gets all the glory for our righteousness. We are justified as a gift, through no action of our own except believing in that gift. The Bible says that if we will humble ourselves to this truth, God will lift us up. Don't let your lowly pride get in the way. Rather, let God exalt you as his good and faithful servant by believing in his gospel. And the good news is a very simple truth. Thank God for that. We can come before God and say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. We can pray, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. We can ask, Lord, please see Jesus' righteousness remained or not. Lord, please see Jesus' righteous raiment and not my filthy rags. Yet we can also say, Lord, help me show others your grace in my life. We can pray, Lord, use me as your instrument of good works. We can say, I believe and so I will obey if you help me, Lord. This is my prayer for you.
that you may experience the saving grace of our Lord, accept His righteousness by faith and grow the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. And may your faith work by love that purifies the soul. Amen. Thank you, listener, for your time, and God bless you. I was your presenter, Ian Musa. Thank you for staying tuned throughout the show. I hope you're blessed just like I was. Don't forget to send your views, comments, or questions about the show by writing to the producer Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100-Nairobi, Kenya. You can also email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. Until next time, I've been your host, Eric Kevuti. God bless you abundantly. Yeah, 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 yeah.